Well, thank you so much. It's a joy to be here. Uh, it's a joy to connect with you. I've been watching from afar the great work you're doing. Thank and you. I said, you know what? I want to reach out and touch. I see that big smile. So life is treating you well. That's always a good thing. And to kind of support what you're doing. I'm, I'm all about supporting and being an advocate and helping people. When I wake up every day, I'm always looking for a way. How can I serve? How can I help? How can I support? So Welcome to the Audacious Living Podcast, hosted by my man, Audley Stevenson, the odd man. He'll unpack wisdom and insights from a cross-section of top quality performers in business, media, sports, entertainment, and lifestyle to uncover key elements to help you live your best audacious life ever. So without further ado, here is the odd man. Uh, greetings and salutations, folks. It's Audley Stevenson back for another edition of the most audacious podcast the internet has to offer. You've got a lock to the Audacious Living Podcast, and I appreciate you for being here as we continue our ongoing goal of helping our listeners live their best audacious lives ever. As always, I encourage you to follow us on our social media channels. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook under the handle The Audacious Pod, and then, of course, if you're watching this particular episode on YouTube, then you'll know that we've got that bell that you can just tap down below. Ding, ding, ding. And that way you will be connected to all great things audacious related. Now, uh, for anyone who knows me knows that I'm a, a big fan of the topic of leadership. And one of the main reasons why leadership has always been near and dear to my heart is because it, ha it encompasses so, so much. You know, leaders have the incredible ability to, to impact change in a major way through the simplest of actions, which is something I absolutely love. The other part of leadership uh, that I also appreciate is the fact that the most effective leaders are those who are committed to constant self-improvement. They believe being better than they were yesterday, which is, of course, part of the bold framework and constantly building on what they know with the intent uh, of making a difference on those around them is the way to go. Uh, I've got Kevin Johnson joining me on this edition of the Audacious Living podcast. And let's not confuse uh, him with the Kevin Johnson of the uh, Phoenix Suns uh, fabulous point guard. This is entirely different Kevin Johnson. Um, this Kevin Johnson is the founder and CEO of the Johnson Leadership Group. He's a certified coach. Uh, he's a mentor, a trainer, and a speaker. And essentially what he does, he helps leaders do better, be better, and lead better. It absolutely is a great chat that I think you'll all enjoy. So without any further ado, here's my conversation with Kevin Johnson. Enjoy. Hey, Kevin, thank you for joining me here today on the Audacious Living Podcast. I appreciate you taking the time like this, my friend. 
Well, thank you so much. It's a joy to be here. Uh, it's a joy to connect with you. I've been watching from afar the great work you're doing. Thank and you. I said, you know what? I want to reach out and touch. I see that big smile. So life is treating you well. That's always a good thing. And to kind of support what you're doing. I'm, I'm all about supporting and being an advocate and helping people. When I wake up every day, I'm always looking for a way. How can I serve? How can I help? How can I support. So that's how we are connected. I'm glad to be here. Yes. Looking forward to a, a great program. You know, you know, when I, when I first came across your work, um, I, I, I got excited for two things, two things that got me excited about you. Um, uh, we'll certainly talk about servant leadership and, and, and how uh, it supports other people and helps other people to grow, nourish and develop and get better. And then, of course, uh, I'm being a longtime basketball fan, uh, you know, Phoenix Sun point guard, Kevin Johnson, I uh, was one of my faves. And so I always remember that dunk over Elijah Wan in the playoffs back in the day. And uh, he was oh, yeah. my guy. So you, you, you got two feathers in your cap as far as I'm concerned. Absolutely. Yeah, I followed him even before he became a pro, I followed him in college, nice. of course, namesake. And uh, when people across the country, when they asked me, are you that Kevin Johnson? I said, no, nah, no, nah, I never, never signed that seven figure contract like he did. <laughs> I, hear I hear you. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, so, so maybe Kevin, as, as, as a starting point, um, uh, 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 you look, and you you do a ton of work in in supporting, helping individuals. You've got a ministry. You've, I mean, it's it's just phenomenal. Again, I was really impressed when I looked at you know your breadth of you know the, the work that you've done, uh, and you should be commended for that. Um, maybe maybe get a starting point. How did you get to where you got to, man? Like, <laughs> that's maybe the, what's the origin story for Kevin Johnson look like? Good, good. Well, thank you for those kind words. So I, um, I'm from Richmond, Virginia. That's my hometown, going all the way back to great grandparents, maternal and paternal, uh, most of whom are still there. A couple of us decided to get away, but most of my folks are still in Richmond. So that's my roots. Uh, interestingly enough, Richmond has a very interesting history Mm -hmm. as it relates to our nation, uh, which has really helped me in terms of growing into a young man and then ultimately an adult. Uh, my dad is a U.S. Marine, uh, the oldest of seven children. He went into the Marines, enlisted, and then he was commissioned as a junior officer during his 20 years, and then he retired after that. So a lot of what I do today and a lot of what I did in my 34-year career in the government, and a lot of what I'm doing in my 22 years of ministry leadership is really what I learned at home. Dad taught us a lot at home in terms of being a great husband, first and foremost, being a great father, uh, and just being a good citizen of the United States and always protecting the family name. I mean, that's kind of foundational, and mm -hmm. it sounds easy, but it does take work. Right. And that sort of laid the foundation for the work that I've done and the work that I'm currently doing. I have one brother okay. born with a mental disability. And while dad was away fighting in America's wars in Vietnam and Okinawa, Japan, mom and I were here in the States helping to raise him with his special needs. We had to be his advocate. We had to support him, serve him, keep the bullies in the neighborhood off of him because he's not, quote, unquote, like us. Uh, and we have a tendency to do that when people are different. Uh, we have a tendency to ridicule and tease. So I had to help. And in most cases, I was successful. Uh, but in some cases, I got beat up too. You know, it kind of goes with the territory. 
fast forward, interestingly enough, uh, I meet a young lady. We fall in love. We get married. We just celebrated our 30th wedding anniversary a couple of weeks ago. And from our union, we had three sons. And interestingly enough, here we go again. Our third son, uh, we find out when he's 24 months old that he's autistic. Mm. So wash, rinse, and repeat. Here we go again. So from what I learned in the home, I'm able to help him, support him, advocate for him, and to be his biggest cheerleader, to help him through this process and sort of understanding what that means. So I take those skills and I take that knowledge and I take that acumen into the workplace and into the church. Mm. And my day-to-day activity, literally, when I wake up, I'm looking for ways to serve people. How can I help to make this world a much better place? So over time, Long story short, over time, I just really developed uh, an acumen and a love and a desire to tap into what it means to be a good leader, Mm. because leaders lead people. Yes. And people need all kind of help, whether they admit it or not. We have issues. (laughs) And when, when, when people ask me, Kevin, what is the toughest part about being a leader Mm -hmm. my my answer is very simple it's people (laughs) that's the toughest part you're dealing with personalities generational differences you're dealing with different levels of education different number of years of work experience different geographical locations in terms of where they were born or where they were work so that's the journey that i'm on that's the lane that i'm in i actually absolutely love what i'm doing you know, how can I make this world a better place? I believe that I can help people to become better leaders. I, I, I love the question, how can I make this world a better place? Because that, that, the possibilities are endless. And what it also does, Kevin, it also reminds us that we all have, a we can contribute in some way. Some can make larger contributions, some can be smaller, but they all do matter when it comes to making a difference because the manner in which we impact is what we do for others. So for example, if I get into an elevator and I say good morning to someone and give them a smile, I've just impacted their day. But also what I've done is given them the ability to perhaps do the same with someone else. Yeah, I mean, you're on point and that's it right there. If we think at the big picture level, instead of being so narrowly focused, Not only will we be more fulfilled in life, but you'll also quickly discover that um, many people will now be willing to reach back and support you because you have supported them. And uh, you're not necessarily asking for any particular favors, but that's kind of how it operates. That's how it works. Uh, That's how the world goes around. And if we can get more people to understand that principle, I do believe we're on our way to making the world to be a much better place. I love it. I agree with you. I agree with you wholeheartedly, believe it. <laughs> um, the, the, I guess, the sort of, what are sort of foundational principles of your work? I know much is tied into, so again, servant leadership, but for, for, for those that aren't fully understanding of that term, I wonder if you sort of break that down a little bit that we, you know, get, grasp what we're talking about here. Yeah, so I'm glad you asked that question because there are a number of different trainers and speakers out there on the circuit that kind of approach it a little bit different. And we all try to bring our very unique nuance into how we train and how we coach and how we mentor. So our audience is really frontline, mid-level and senior level leaders, both aspiring and seasoned 
and the government and corporations, nonprofits, churches, and also an academic institution. So we're pretty deep into the marketplace. Mm-hmm. And what we want people to really understand and value and align with are two things. Number one, you and I demonstrate our credibility when we show up knowing our stuff. Gotcha. So when you have that subject matter expertise and that acumen and that intel around whatever that particular topic might be, you could be a CEO, you could be a VP of finance, you could be the chief chef, you could be the head janitor, nurse, doctor, whatever it might be, you gain credibility with people within your sphere of influence when you show up and you demonstrate that you know your stuff. But see, that's just 50% of it. Gotcha. The other 50% in terms of making people whole mm-hmm. is leaders have to demonstrate in a very honest, authentic, and genuine way that we give a care about the people we're leading. Yes. And that's what comes from the heart. And so it is not a weakness. I don't care what anybody says mm-hmm. to be a leader with a servant's heart because leaders are supposed to develop, take care of, have to improve, provide resources for, and help along these roads that they have to navigate to be much better so they can do better. That's the role of a leader. But Kevin, people tell you a leader is supposed to be firm and, and steadfast and, you know, they, they no, no emotion. Come on, Kevin, you're telling me something different now. Absolutely. No, no one wants, no one wants to hear that. Um, that, that, that may have been maybe with the uh, generation that has retired and moved right. on. Right. You know, you have your traditionalists and even myself, I'm part of the baby boomers. Sure. Maybe that's what we were accustomed to because yes. we didn't see anything else. But uh, those days are over. Yeah. You know, being this being this autocratic, mean spirited, divisive, sarcastic rude leader doesn't mm-hmm. work and people will vote with their feet. And so there was no there was no coincidence that during the pandemic, we had millions on top of millions of people leave. Yes. It wasn't yes. because, quote, unquote, mm-hmm. there was a pandemic. There was an opportunity yes. to get out of Dodge. Yes. So yeah. that's the premise with which we teach. Mm-hmm. That's the premise that is within the content of the books that I write uh, and everything that I do, because I want leaders to now match what's in the mind with what's in the heart. And then from mm-hmm. the heart comes the compassion, the empathy valuing people, care for people, honor people, and respect people. And listen, I did that for 34 years during my career with the federal government. I've been retired now for five years. Mm. It worked for me. It worked for other leaders that I saw doing that. Now, it is true that leaders that are much more abrasive Mm -hmm. and much more direct and much more confrontational, yeah, they get things done. I mean, they, they, they're, that's high productivity and, 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 and high, and, and high performance, but the people, the people leave, they don't hang around. So you have to, you have to continually retrain people. The human resource department is constantly having to recruit people and um, we can do better. We can do better. So someone just has to be bold enough to go out there into the marketplace and teach it. And once people get, grab a hold of it and they understand it, yeah, now yeah. you can start to apply it. 
you know, there's a there's a big part of leadership, at least in my, my viewpoint, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. But th- th- there's a connection piece, right? When you're able to connect with your individuals, uh, and 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 there's a no better way of doing that from the heart. But when you're able to connect with people, I believe that's your opportunity to get the most out of them. And not that we're doing it from an exploitation standpoint. So I want to be very clear here when I talk about that, like not using it, but we 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 are taking advantage of the connection opportunity. Yeah. I, I- I firmly believe that because that's 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 communication one-on-one uh communication 101 is connecting with people building bridges right connecting having that conversation and then opening it up so that they will be willing to also have a conversation with you that leads to great relationships and then great relationships leads to trust which is where you want to get to but you'll yeah. never get to trust unless you first have the relationship and guess what you're not going to have a relationship if you don't talk to each other yeah so it th- this all kind of works together um it I, I i do my best to to unpack it and and make it number one believable yes. but more importantly to make it understandable because mm-hmm. you have to help people to understand the why behind this we've been hearing about this phrase servant leadership for a while mm-hmm. but but I have just noticed that over the past couple of decades, I still don't see it implemented and executed, <laughs> right. which means to me that people don't understand it. So I come, just come with a different slant, a different angle to simplify it. And I use my 34 years government service mm-hmm. and I use my 22 years in ministry leadership because I've seen both sides and um, I'm able to more effectively communicate the message to people so that they get it. Do, do you think that's the, the um, missing piece or, or missing ingredient these days in, 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 in the Alicia framework? I do. I do. Because we don't think that we can bring love, unconditional love into the workplace. It doesn't we, belong, we, right? We think, it doesn't we think, work. <laughs> yeah, we think we think that goes into a whole different category. You can't right. you can't be you can't be talking about love in the workplace. Right. Oh, yeah, you can. Absolutely, you can. Think about all the people around the country that take uh, 90 minutes to get to work because they're stuck in traffic. Think, think about the parents that show up that have a sick child that they had, they had to leave at home or leave yep. with somebody else. Yep. Think about the people that are dealing with mental health challenges or may have been diagnosed with something physically in their body from their doctor and they have to show up to work. Mm. You think they want, to, they want to report to a supervisor that's rude and nasty uh, and cantankerous. No, they want somebody that wants to talk to them and show that they care and that they have some value. And that is not being weak. That yeah. is helping that person because we spend so much time together at work, yes. regardless of what you do. Why can't we exercise some compassion and, and, and be passionate one with another at the same time and get the job done? That's it. That's it. I agree. <laughs> so, I agree. Yeah. It's, it's funny when I think about it, like if you if you, if, if you go to people, everyone has like a, a favorite leader, a kind of like a teacher. Everyone's got their favorite teacher, and you oh, say, yeah. and if you say, hey, who's your favorite teacher? They'll off the top of the head, they can tell you, and they'll take a step further and tell you why mm-hmm. they that person was my favorite teacher. And oftentimes, it was things like listening. They showed their care or they understood they understood me or took or took the time to understand me. The, those the, those to me are very similar to what what leaders can do and have a very similar impact. Yeah, and you're on point, but here's the key. Uh-huh. That leaders have to be taught. Oh. Because we've grown up in a society based upon what we see. Yes. 
and we see certain people, men and women, get promoted. And we believe that we have to emulate that same behavior and mannerism in order to right. get promoted. Right. And so at some point, we're looking for a generation of leaders to kind of stop that and just be a little bit more deliberate and intentional and taking care of the people uh, that get the work done in a way that they'll still perform at a high level and still produce at a high level. And I've seen it happen. I, I can't I can't teach and train what I didn't do. Right. And and see it happen. And, and, and what I've seen others do as well across all those different marketplaces, again, academic institutions, nonprofits, churches, corporations uh, and in the federal government, because I did it as a frontline leader, a mid-level leader and a senior level leader. So it can be done. Yeah, it's, it's interesting when you talk about the, the the appointment, right? Because oftentimes, you know, I'm in this job and I'm performing this role and uh, I'm tapped and said, you know what, you would make a great leader. And it's not always recognized that that job is entirely different than what I was good at. And so when you're on the point of being taught, like I've got to learn an entire new job. And, and, and I can remember very vividly um, sort of my first leadership appointment. It probably took me about a year to figure out exactly that I'm not doing what I used to do <laughs> yeah. because this is what I did, but that my job was entirely different, an entirely different role, and I was to help bring others along. And so it's a really uh, it's, it's interesting learning moment, I I'd say. <laughs> yeah, and see, that's the other part that I'm talking about. See, we we think that because someone is really, really, really good at what they do, then the next logical step is now to move them into a position where they're entrusted to lead others. But we haven't provided them with the resources and right. the training right. in terms of what it takes because it's something totally different. We appreciate that you can get the job done. We thank you for your excellent performance evaluations, your bonuses, and your promotions. Congratulations. I'm the first one to give you a standing ovation. But when it comes to leading people and developing people, <laughs> yeah. it's a whole new ball game, and you have to be trained. And guess what? Some of those people that are appointed into those positions, they are admitted that they don't even like people. So how are you gonna how are you gonna lead people in, in, that you don't even like? So, so you you made a really really good point, and that's a point that always comes up in all of our trainings and all of the other activities that I'm involved with with leadership, because oftentimes that's exactly what happens, and sometimes it's not even cautious in terms of what people are thinking, this is not the right person for a leadership position just mm. because they were really, really good at doing the job. Right, right, right. Yep. And, and, yep. and 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 you know, as, when you go on the, on the point about, you know, leadership being taught, it, it is it is not the job training. Like, I mean, this is the, reality. <laughs> the training is on the job. You can read all the books, you know, read the blogs, listen to the podcast like this one and all that, but it's still not going to equip you fully until you get there. And, that's, and, and, absolutely. That's a good yeah. point. <laughs> I loved I loved the way you summarized it. That's so true. Now, now that we have the aha moment. Yes. Now let's have the conversation about what it means to be a leader. So mm -hmm. that's the door that kind of opens up because it's all about helping people to understand the why. You know, why is my organization in this position? Right. And I say, well, let's take a look right now at the people that are in leadership positions. How did they get there? Yes. And then we have that conversation. Oh, 75% of the leaders in your organization didn't even apply. They were appointed, 
based upon the fact that they did a good job, but did you all provide any leadership training right. for right. them to lead people? Oh no, we didn't, we didn't think we needed to do that. Ah, so now let's have the conversation about how I can help you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and of those 75%, 20% of them are related to someone. So there's nepotism. And, you know, that <laughs> opens up all the can of worms. And, 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 oh, man. And, and, and I joke about the, nep I joke about the nep nepotism, but for a moment, it, it, it can't be assumed that because the boss is, has a son that's working there and the boss is a good leader, the son will automatically be one too. Like oh, those yeah. assumptions can't be made. Yeah, you can't you can't do that. Although they are, we know they are made that way. But yeah, you can't you can't do that. So that that's a reality that we have to deal with. Yeah. I am more than willing to raise my hand and be one of the many people around our nation to help these organizations to know better, do better, and then ultimately lead better. That's a new catchphrase I came up with. Twenty twenty three. I'm going to see if I might if, if I can trademark it. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to we're gonna entitle the, the title of this podcast will be that for you. OK, that to you. So no, no better, <laughs> do better, lead better. I love you it. it. That's yep. what it is. <laughs> I, I want I want to talk about the podcast. I certainly want to bring it back to the, the, the topic of audaciousness, because really what we promote and encourage here um, as much as we possibly can is the importance of taking that first step, being audacious enough to take that first step and, and, and the ripples and impacts that it can have, not only just for yourself personally. So, you know, I've always wanted to do this and I always want to do this. Finally, I've done it. That's great for you. But what you've also done is shown other people behind you or beside you or around you, hey, Adi took that first step. Kevin took that first step. It didn't hurt them. And look where they are now. And so that part is what really uh, the, the, what we encourage the takeaway to be. And so we talk about leadership. It's, it's again, you know, taking that first step and stepping into leadership and then looking at the impacts you potentially can have with the people around you. Yeah. So I always tell people, you know, the first the first step here is just to follow your heart. Uh, mm. Generally speaking, most of us kind of know what we want to do. But like you said, it's a matter of taking that first step and actually doing it. So I like to reverse engineer. And I always tell people and I encourage people and I do my best to inspire them to begin with the end in mind. Uh, where do you want to be in 10 years? Where do you want to be in five years? OK, let's take a look at that and let's, let's work backwards. What is it going to take to get you there in five years? What is it going to take to get you there in 10 years? I knew as a young pup coming right out of college, I started my government career one year out of college. Right. Uh, I knew that because the leaders entrusted me to put me in a front line leadership position only five years out of college, that was pretty phenomenal. I knew that people had faith in me. And quite frankly, I just didn't want to let them down. So I took that first step to do everything I could and learn as much as I could as a frontline leader so that when I'm stepping into the mid-level leadership position, more than likely I would leave familiar territory and have to step into unfamiliar territory. So it's really just a faith walk. Everything that we do, yeah. quite frankly, in life is a faith walk. <laughs> yeah. uh, we take that first step. Dr. Martin Luther King taught us, I was in Atlanta a couple of weeks ago, and I just went over to the King Center again, just to kind of look around. Yeah. Yeah. And he reminds us, and I have it behind me, I don't know if you can see it or not, but he says, listen, go ahead and take the first step, even though you can't see the entire staircase. And that And that's powerful. Right. Yes. Everything that we do. So surround yourself with good people that you can call upon and lean on when you have questions, mentors. Expand your network of other like minded men and women who think like you, 
who you can reach out to when you have questions and, and go for it. And don't mm-hmm. be afraid of failure. Failure is a very subjective word anyway. Yes. Nobody is successful unless we first fail and fall down and pick ourselves up and dust ourselves off. So don't be afraid of that. And don't worry too much about what people are going to say or think. Just keep pressing forward. And before you know it, you would have met your goal. Well, I, so, I, I, so beautifully said, I really appreciate the words there, Kevin, because uh, you know our response to failure oftentimes really is where the real lesson comes in, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you, you, get, you get three swings of baseball for a reason, right? You get three strikes, like, you know, so it's anticipated. You're going to miss one or two pitches, right? Failure isn't a bad thing. It's what our response is, what we do after it arrives. Do we mope? Do we cry? Do we beat up ourselves? Or we go, ah, here's what I can do different. Here's what I can do better. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I like that. As a matter of fact, getting back to your baseball analogy, you know, the the baseball player that actually wins the award for the best batting average <laughs> is is only out, out of a 1.000, they're they're in the 0.33 range, right? <laughs> and and, and they play and they play 82 games a year. So you can can you imagine like you missing the baseball the overwhelming majority of the time? Yet you just signed a $117 million contract. That's it. Now That's keep, it. keep that in perspective, right? It totally does. <laughs> it's okay. It's go meaning, for it. meaning it's okay to fail. That's what I'm hearing. Loud and clear. There you go. There you go. <laughs> That's it right there. That's and that, it. and like I said earlier, you know, both the word success and the word failure, they're both subjective. Mm-hmm. They mean different things to different people. To me, success is being a great husband and a great father, period. Now, to other people, it's money. To other people, it's cars. Other people, it's being happy, having good health, food in the refrigerator. But for me, it's just very simple because it's subjective. Well, for me, failure is the precursor to success, Mm. right? I found my lovely wife, who we now have celebrated 30 years. Why? Because of the failures with the girlfriends prior to meeting her. That's right. Right? So it's all subjective. Go for it. Go for your dreams. Aim high. I love it. I love it. I'm inspired, Kevin. I'm going to run outside now and go do something big. I, I can. All right. This has been such an awesome chat. And as we were talking, I mean, and there's so much synergies because I can relate. I've had a long standing career in government and I'm almost 30 years. I've got an autistic child, which I've learned so much from growing up and then lessons I've taken from her that I can show about the importance of potential and living up to your dreams and not letting people hold you back because of where they think you are. And so when you touch on those things, Bree, I, 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 I can connect and it resonates with me so well. Congratulations for, for the work that you're doing, but more importantly, Kevin, for the impact that you're having. Uh, it, it's phenomenal uh, being able to take life lessons. And, 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 and to me, that's, that's always the biggest gift, right? When you can take an experience or a lesson in your life and not only just overcome it, but shine it up and give it to someone else. And, it, and mm-hmm. it's, it's a value to them. That to yes. me by far is the most impactful thing we've done and, and, and you continue to do that. So congratulations and, and thank you. Thank you. Yep. Thank you, sir. I appreciate everything you're doing. Keep up the great work. Keep smiling. Absolutely. And uh, it's been an absolute joy. And if anybody wants to reach out to me, uh, the name of my company is the Johnson Leadership Group. Yep. And of course, the website is the Johnson Leadership Group dot com. Um, one more thing I just wanted to share real quick. Yeah. We just we just rela- we just launched a a brand new uh, online leadership course okay. um, through an organization down in uh, Irving, Texas. Uh, our goal is to reach a million. 
a million uh, aspiring and seasoned leaders around the globe. Uh, it was just recently launched. And um, I'm going to send you the link Please, so okay. that per perhaps you can share it with uh, all of your good people, all of your good listeners Absolutely. around the globe as well. And uh, look forward to perhaps maybe meeting you in person one day. It will be absolutely my pleasure to have not only share the link, but to meet you as well, Kevin. Maybe I'll get down there and uh, you know, check out your ministry or uh, and the work that you're doing. So, yes, it'll be a Excellent. pleasure. Excellent. All be right. Well. Sounds like a plan. Take care. All right. Thank you, sir. You're back. We are on the podcast. And much thanks and appreciation goes out to Kevin uh, for being here and, and sharing some insights and in-depth in conversation on leadership. We really, really is appreciated, Kevin. And I got to congratulate you all the great work uh, that you're doing. Please, my friend, definitely keep it up. Um, you know, when I, when, I, when I think back to the, the nuggets of insight that I got from my conversation with Kevin, he really said a lot of great stuff. And, and if there was just one thing that I would take uh, from the chat that we had, uh, with, without question, it absolutely would have to be this. Leaders who, who know better are more creative, innovative, and strategically prepared for the, the future. Now, apart from knowing better, effective leaders should also lead better. By leading better, I mean that they must guide others through their actions. Um, you know, leaders have a, a fundamental right, uh, especially the most effective leaders, to lead by example. That's the, absolutely their responsibility. And their actions are consistent with their words. The two have to be in sync. Leaders should also carry out their leadership responsibilities with transparency, honesty and fairness while inspiring others to do the exact same thing. So it's not a do as I say, leaders are actually following through. And those leaders that, that know, lead and do better can engage your teams, inspire innovative thinking and create a culture of trust and they really bring creativity wherever they go. Uh, they also create a positive work environment and develop a culture of excellence within their organization. It's also important to understand that effective leadership uh, is fundamental at all organizational levels. Hence, leaders that aim to know, lead, and do their best in their organization will achieve success and the results will be positive. Now, attaining these three, knowing, leading, and doing, requires time, effort, and commitment. But once achieved, Leaders can create a positive impact that can transform not only an, an organization, but an entire industry. We've come to the end of another edition of the most audacious living podcast, or the, rather the most audacious podcast the internet has to offer. This is the audacious living podcast. As always, I send my thanks and appreciation to those lovers of audaciousness. Uh, you amazing listeners are the ones that keep this going. So for that, I say thank you and express my appreciation. Until next time, stay safe, be kind, show love to one another, and be audacious. Listening to the Audacious Living Podcast, hosted by Audley Stevenson. If you enjoyed what you heard, be sure to like, subscribe, and share. Until next time, be audacious.